I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, guys. This is Annie from the show. Myself and Will would just like to take a moment before this week's show, which was recorded several weeks ago, to speak about our fellow podcast host and our friend from across the airwaves, the late Dan Isit from Real Life Ghost Stories. Um, Dan and Emma reached out to us when we were very new and very unsure what we were doing. They gave us so much support, so much advice and encouragement. Um, and from the get-go, we were just bowled over by their kindness to us. Um, we've always looked up to them as being the real deal and we are so deeply shocked and bewildered by Dan's passing just as him and Emma settled into their married life together. To you, Emma, to both of their families, to Tiny Bims and to everyone who knew and loved Dan, our thoughts are and will be with you. Welcome to another episode of Mysteries of the Unexplained. In this week's episode, we encounter a heinous crime in the witch capital of England. Will tells us which Disney princess he would like to be, and you might also get a bar of a song along the way. Join us as we delve into Mysteries of the Unexplained. me and it's my show Annie always just trying, I can't Annie I always can't always trying with you. to come in here always trying to come in here and steal my fucking thunder um oh William O'Hanlon hiya how are you getting on I'm fantastic Annie how are you love great just great absolutely everything's absolutely fantastic <laughs> down here in Cork I'm just living my best life do you know what I think phrase I hate most at the moment living my best life like can people just stop saying that that was that's stop I'm sick of it and it's not true <laughs> <laughs> um I have noticed um the younger people um as well the younger cooler folk mm-hmm that they're they're coming up with their catchphrases and phrases are getting out of control at the moment. Out of control. Like, um, somebody said to me the other day when I said that they want to go for coffee, and they said, "Oh yeah, big moves." Sorry. Yeah, they said, "Oh yeah, big moves," and I was just like, "What?" Well, sorry, and that apparently meant 
yeah I'd love to and that you're kind of ballsy to be asking me to go for coffee and I like it (laughs) was this a married man that you asked uh, no. Why would you think that? Oh, because why would it be so ballsy to ask somebody for a cup of coffee? I don't understand, young people. I don't understand. Is it big moves or big moods? Big moves. Like your move, moving. Move. Okay. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And to be honest with you, um, I think that you're really big moves. So I'm trying to get in on it now. <sighs> It's so bad, isn't it? It's so bad. And what's this other thing that they say the whole time? Um, what's this other thing that they're all saying the whole time now and I don't really get it? Annie is a witch. Although that's more of a statement. <laughs> Surprising that you bring up the word witch because the title of today's episode is Witches or Watches. I- I'm not even going to mess with you, Will, and I'm not going to be humble or anything about it. I made that up myself. <laughs> I made this up all by myself The story or the heading? The fuck The heading I tell you Everything that I say on the story Is absolute truth The absolute truth And I wouldn't lie to thee But I did make up the heading And I'm very proud of it And it's probably the most I've accomplished this week And I am still in my dressing gown Now would you like to hear the story? I, I, li- I would like to hear the story and we will review the heading at the end of the story to see if it's fitting. Because with you, you just wouldn't know. <laughs> okay, okay. But I'm going to need your help straight away because I need you to read to me in your best newscaster voice uh, this little snip from a newspaper in 1945 that was, in, um, that was published after a heinous incident in um, the Cotswolds. And would you be able to read it in your best newscaster voice, Will? Of course I can. Um, I will read it word for word like it's on a, an auto cue. Hedger found murdered, nearly decapitated. A hedge cutter was found dead early today in a ditch near Stratford-on-Avon with its head almost severed from its body. The man was later identified as Charles Walton, 75, who lived with his niece at Upper Quinton. He failed to return home on Wednesday night. Mian Hill, is it Annie or Mion? M E O N? Mion. Stop interrupting the news. <laughs> Mion Hill, where the body was found, is a lonely spot on farmland about a mile from the main Stratford Unhaven to Clapton Road. Uh, Campton Road. A hedge slashing hook was found lying beside his body. It is thought that he was using the hook and that his assailant was r- was rested the implement. Ha- oh, sorry, hold on there, guys. I'm just getting fresh information. And that his assailant, having rested the implement from him, attacked him with it. Uh, back to Annie and her bedroom story. Thank you, Sharon Niviolan. And can we please remind the network on their next hiring of a newscaster? Can they get one who can actually read at a seven-year-old level? Because this is fucking painful. Okay. Dog. Literally a dog show today as well. We're getting a dog show within the episode today, guys. Yeah. Well, I, I also now need you to just do one little bit more work for me. I know that it took a lot out of you to read like those two sentences, but um, I need you to be the inspector who comes upon this heinous crime and warns people in the vicinity to back away from any kind of black magic that they might be interested in. 
oh no, because I read like a seven-year-old. Oh no, 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 I couldn't do that. <laughs> I'll batter you. I'll batter you. Do you understand me? Making fun of my dyslexia. How dare you? Now, would you want me to go ahead there? Yes, please. I advise anybody who is tempted at any time to venture into black magic, witchcraft, shamanism, call it what you will, to remember Charles Walton and to think of his debt, which was clearly the ghastly climax of a pagan rite. There is no stronger argument for keeping as far away as possible from the villains with their swords, incest and mambo jumbo. It is prudence on which your future peace of mind, it is prudence on which your future peace of mind and even your life could depend. Robert Fabian, investigator. <laughs> it's really strange, but when you act like a upper class middle like Englishman, you can do it perfectly. Disorder. Continue on. I would just like to note that you've never been officially diagnosed with dyslexia. Oh, you're my doctor now. Oh, okay. Okay. I didn't know that either. So we have a GP on today's episode, a dog show, and a story about uh, the paranormal. God, jeez, are getting your money's worth today. This should be a Patreon episode. Thank you, Will. And come if you'd on. like to pipe down. Come on. No problem, Dr. <laughs> oh, I like that. On Valentine's Day 1945, Charles Walton, a farmhand, left his home in the small English village of Lower Quinton in Warwickshire. As was his normal routine every day, he took his pitchfork, a billhook and a piece of fruitcake for his lunch. He left his wallet on this occasion and set about his work. For the past nine months, Charles had been working at the Furs, the farm of one Alfred Potter, he headed through the local churchyard to cut back the foliage at the ground of the slopes of Meon Hill. It was 9am. The 74-year-old farm labourer was known to be a slightly unusual character, although he was well-liked in the village where he lived with his niece Edie. But Charles never returned home that day. The elderly villager had met a brutal end, with his hook embedded in his throat and his body pinned to the ground by his own pitchfork. A large cross was also carved into his chest, leading villagers to suspect that witchcraft was somehow involved in the savage killing. Now, I'm going to just pause just there now because I want to say to our our listeners from a a non-farming background, William, would you be able to explain the difference between a billhook and a pitchfork? Um, no. I've never heard of a billhook. Sorry, Annie, I don't farm from the 1800s, um, so I don't know any of that is. Your Your father would be absolutely, like, yeah, I know, but when I say what it is, you're going to know because there's definitely one on the farm somewhere. Like a pitchfork is the, like, the fork-shaped one, can, like, uh, skew, like, bales of hay and stuff with, but a billhook is the one that's, like, a crescent moon shape. And it's really sharp and it's used for like cutting down ditches and stuff. Like a slash hook? Yeah, a slash hook. <laughs> we'll just call it a slash hook then. Well, in the Cotswolds they call it a fucking bill hook. Yeah, but you see, Annie, you're from Ireland. You're not from the UK. So stop pretending You are from that some planet that, that I just there. have never visited. You think you you're on Emmerdale. You think you're, you're on Emmerdale. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I continue. Meon Hill, the further of the Cotswold Mounds, has been surrounded by strange tales for many centuries concerning devilish deeds and ancient hauntings, with the remains of an Iron Age fort still visible at the summit. One legend claims that Satan himself kicked a boulder from the top of the hill to destroy the newly built Evesham Abbey. Prick. Ah, I'm gonna the fucking get prick. you! <laughs> I'm gonna kick this rock! The locals defeated the devil's plan through the power of prayer, and the boulder fell on Cleve Hill outside Cheltenham, where it was carved into where it was carved into a cross to rid it of the evil touch. Another version says that it wasn't a stone at all, but a giant clod of earth. The Bishop of Worcester saw the act and cast out the evil one, the sod falling to the ground and forming Meon Hill itself. Other legends tell of phantom hounds that still haunt the knights on the hill, the myths connecting them to the Celtic king Arwen, the lord of departed spirits. Arwen, it is said, would hunt for souls on the hill, riding a pale horse. He would be accompanied by a pack of hounds, all white but with blood-red ears. Walton had lived in the village his entire life. He was a widower, and it wasn't unusual at the time that he shared his country cottage with his 33-year-old niece, Edith. Oh well, back in those times, you would have been Edith. Whom he adopted at the age of three after her mother's death. She was paid a wage for the upkeep of the house. No, because you don't get paid any money. Despite walking with a stick, th- <laughs> despite walking with a stick through arthritis, and now se- <laughs> can you self-diagnose yourself with dyslexia, or is it like can doctors self-diagnose, or do you have to go to another? No, GP? will you see? Um, unlike you, you have to go to an actual doctor to get diagnosed. You don't just diagnose yourself. I forgot you have my medical records. I forgot that. Yeah, so that's okay. You know, should the HSE, everybody has them now. Despite walking with a stick through arthritis and now said to be struggling, struggling physically, he had remained otherwise active in his old age and still helped out at various farms in the little community. Walton was a loner, but well liked about the village having gained a reputation as a noted horse trainer many years previously. You're going to end up like this, man. Hopefully. However, despite not being actively disliked, the locals would also speak of strange happenings around him. Birds would flock to his hand, and he was said to have the ability to tame a dog by his voice alone. Oh my God, I am him because I'm (laughs) able to talk to you. And I'm able to tame you. Continue. <laughs> this is like um, a past life type thing. It's like, it's my um, Bunty episode. <laughs> Absolutely. Because <laughs> you're going to end up living in an old cottage, wrecked with arthritis, a little bit strange, talking to dogs and having some weird relation living with you who couldn't get married. Yeah, it sounds like it. Go on. Warwickshire is a hotbed of folklore and some in the village talked of old superstitions including witchcraft and his involvement in local covens. However, the majority believed he merely had the wisdom of age and a life of rural experience. He knew of the old ways. Now Charles Walton had been the victim of a horrific attack, shocking in its violence and utilising Walton's own tools against him. He had been severely beaten about the head with his own walking stick before his throat was slashed three times with his billhook or slash hook as William would say. 
Not satisfied, the assailant had stabbed Walton in the chest with his pitchfork and finished by ramming it into his face, pinning him to the ground and locking the handle under a cross member of the hedge. The billhook remained wedged in his throat. Locals attested that indeed a cross had been cut into his chest, although this was not noted in the official autopsy. It was also said that such was the assailant's strength, it took two police constables to pull the fork from the ground. The autopsy would reveal that Walton had fought back against his attacker as best he could, his arms showing defensive wounds, with a cut to his left hand and bruising to the back of his right hand and forearm. The victim's shirt had also been opened and his trousers had been unfastened, with his fly unbuttoned. Hmm. While the possibility exists that Walton may have been attacked while relieving himself, that would fail to explain why his shirt was open. While he was engaged in labour, February rarely produces hot weather in the UK. Equally, Walton's belt laid across his legs. Interestingly, a watch chain was found on his person with the watch removed, and although an extensive search was carried out, it was never recovered. Although thought to not have been worth much at the time, Walton being a man of little means. So what are we thinking so far, William? What do you think happened to this man? I think he was just murdered, obviously, and by somebody who took a disliking to him. No? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's anything witchy about it? Not really. There's not much evidence for something paranormal to have happened. Um, they said about the cross being locals in his chest but then the autopsy doesn't say anything about that so obviously that didn't happen no and um yeah like there's nothing else to go on really other than he was just attacked and for whatever reason and killed right well let us continue and see who would have a reason to do such a thing annie gan <laughs> the investigator dci spooner's inquest led him down a path of local legend and his views would soon be coloured by the discovery of a book, Folklore, Old Customs and Superstitions in Shakespeare Land. Um, if any of our little scholars know that Shakespeare was born in Stratford-upon-Avon, not too far away. The book featured a passage which had been underlined, stating that in 1875... A weak-minded young man killed a woman named Anne Tennant with a hayfork because he believed she had bewitched him. Anne Tennant was from the nearby Longcampton and was murdered at the age of 80 after she'd left her home to buy a loaf of bread. Meeting some local farmhands on her way back, the old woman was set upon without warning by James Haywood. Haywood attacked Tennant with a pitchfork, stabbing her in the legs and head, despite claims she hadn't been pinned to the ground like that with Walton. Haywood had been familiar with the Tennant family for many years and was described as simple-minded. <laughs> Their words, not ours, that's when you could go around calling people simple-minded. He had been drinking cider and committed the murder in full view of two witnesses. Two bottles of Bulmer, give him a pitchfork and he's off. Mm. The case was seemingly a combination of alcohol and potential mental illness, with Haywood claiming that Tennant had been a witch and part of a local coven after his arrest. At his trial, Haywood claimed he had been acting in defence of the village, with Tennant having bewitched the cattle and the land of local farmers. If you had known the number of people who lie in our churchyard, who, if it had not been for witches, would have been alive now. 
you would be surprised. Her was a proper witch. No, Will, you have to do that in the voice of a simpleton. Uh, I can't do your accent. (laughs) He was found not guilty through insanity and spent the rest of his life in Broadmoor's psychiatric hospital for the criminally insane. He died in 1890. The killing method was described by Holland and Warwickshire as sticking or staking, the ancient Anglo-Saxon way of killing witches to ensure that they didn't rise from the grave. Now, interestingly enough, this is the way Walton was killed as well and staking with a pitchfork. A pitchfork was actually the traditional tool used for witches. So that is uh, something to be remembered in his case as well. The tale is one of many from the area with the Cotswolds in the West Midlands being one of the centres of British pagan folklore. It is here that we find ancient megalithic rollwright stones, Long Compton itself being known as the Witch Village. There were those in Lower Quinton who wondered if the coven of witches that were believed to exist in Long Compton might in fact be at work in the slaying of Charles Walton. Some said that they were the most ancient coven still surviving in Britain and consisted of three men and four women, a magical seven. This coven allegedly met on Meon Hill And the author Donald McCormick said that the influence of witches comes and goes like the full moon at both Long Compton and Lower Quinton. Yet McCormick also alleged that Walton had been introduced to witchcraft by a servant girl who had bewitched cattle by roasting a cow's heart on a fire. These stories only intensified when it became known that Walton had been distantly related to Anne Tennant, our Long Compton murder victim. There is dispute over how close that connection actually was. One account saying that the relationship was so distant as to hardly have been unusual in rural Warwickshire. Walton's first cousin once removed was John Haynes. Haynes was married to Sarah Cook, whose first cousin once removed was Elizabeth Clifton. Ah, jeez, we're getting the family tree here. (laughs) Anne Tennant's son's wife. Some believed, however, that the connection was much closer and that Anne Tennant had, in fact, been Charles Walton's great-grandmother. So, is there a family connection and is there a witchy family connection? This connection, no matter how slim, was only compounded by what DCI Spooner also found in this book. Later on in the book, after the underlined passage about Anne, was another marked page. This page told the story of how in 1885 a boy had encountered a black dog on nine successive days. On the last occasion, the dog was in the company of a headless woman. That same night, the boy's sister died. Local folklore had long reported black phantom dogs roaming the area, being a harbinger of death. The boy's name was Charles Walton. However, while the name is a peculiar coincidence, it is unlikely to have been the same Charles Walton as the victim, with no evidence found that he had a deceased sister, nor would the timeline exactly have fit. Coincidence or harbinger of doom? In fact, money seemed to be an overwhelming presence in the case, with Charles Walton's finances being somewhat curious. When Walton's wife died in 1927, she left him a sum of £297, over £12,000 in modern money. He placed the money in a building society, yet when the police investigated, they found he only had £2 to his name, despite working his whole life and being noted for his frugality. This money was never accounted for. 
So that would have been a good bit of money back in the day. He was working his whole life and his niece was working as well. And he was noted to, to have been like really frugal. Like he just paid for like the meat and bread and the house and that was it. And she did everything else. So where would a 74 year old farm laborer have like spent all this money? Like where was it going? In 1960, a new lead would come to light that, if anything, only deepened the mystery. During demolition behind Charles Walton's cottage, a workman discovered his missing watch in an outhouse. The outhouse was searched at the time of the investigation, meaning that whoever took it must have returned it to his home. Again, local legend tells of how Walton would keep a piece of witch's glass in the watch's case using it to deflect evil. Like the devil legends, the black dogs and the roaming demon knights, the case of Charles Walton itself has now been added to the myths and legends that surround the case upon its investigation. Truths have become distorted. To some, Walton was a warlock who practiced his dark arts and cast fear over the village, keeping natterjack toads as familiars and blighting the crops. These claims suggest that a failed harvest in 1944, the year before his death, and the death of Potter's heifer, Potter was his employer, were too much for the village who decided to enact the ancient rite of blood sacrifice, letting the witch's blood replenish and cleanse the soil. Hmm. Charles's employer, Alfred John Potter, was a prime suspect in the following investigation, although nobody could work out why he would perform such a ritualistic killing. As the investigations continued, residents reportedly came across a black dog hanged by Meon Hill, and the theory was circulated that Charles had been practising witchcraft. This led to speculation that a villager had conducted the ritual killing in order, again, to cleanse the village of evil. However, there was no way of pinning this gory crime on anyone, and the killing remains one of the country's most notorious unsolved murders to this day. Creepy. Interestingly, according to Fabian, the second investigator, before he left, he took one last trip to the crime scene and Meon Hill. Describing the hill as a bleak and lonely place, he encountered a black dog on the path. Spotting a boy running down the same way, Fabian tells of how he turns around and asks the boy whether he had lost his dog. When told it was a black hound, boy ran as fast as he could in the opposite direction. Bum, bum, bum. So do you think that this was just like a normal murder or do you think that there was witchy things going on? I think it has some connection. Yeah, there does seem to be like maybe some witchy stuff going on and sure back in the day if you if you walked with a limp you were a witch you see <laughs> so people used to jump the gun a lot or in this case the pitchfork and you could be getting a loaf of bread and you could sneeze and not close your eyes and someone would say she's a witch and you'd be gone <laughs> now so the coven witch. thing with the seven people listen we talked about this before in the podcast about line dancing. And back in the day, mm-hmm. if line dancing was happening, you'd call that a coffin. So these people could literally have been going up to the house and doing a bit a bit of knitting. And then John Joe would have had a poor harvest 
put 1 and 15 together and come up with 162 and got his pitchfork and killed one of the old people on their way home. So you have that element as well. You also have the element of the devil and demons and the way that they can turn their little head and just start playing with somebody being like I'm going to make your life hell (laughs) so that can happen and you know you yourself are a witness to that and have witnessed that in your own personal life now we don't need to get into that but all we'll say is that Annie shits her knickers every night because she's afraid of the dark (laughs) I'm not afraid of the dark but I am afraid of the devil but you know, um, where do you think he was spending all the money? Because do you know that we think that this Charles Walton might have been you in a previous life, like mm. uh, an old an old bachelor mm. um, whose wife kind of died off early, hmm, mysterious enough, and left him a load of money, and uh, living with the kind of weird niece. And uh, where, like, there was no like gay clubs back in the day to be like mm. putting his his pounds in in strippers' knickers. So where was he spending all the money? I'd say that he was robbed as well. It seems like it. Edith was a little witch herself. And Edith <laughs> was robbing him, taking the money. Oh, I just want to go. I just want to go to the pub. I just want to. Oh, how much do you need, Edith? Edith? Oh, just about 2,000, please. Brazen, you know. <laughs> he was doddery. And uh, she probably had access to the account. I would imagine she's more of a bunty character like yourself. Would have been probably a relation of yours in a past life. Would have had that same kind of chancer vibes, you know. I don't know why you're always calling me a chancer. I just don't know where you get that from. Uh, why, actually, why Why was Edie <laughs> never a suspect? Because, like, she was the one. Now, you always have to look at the person who's going to benefit most from the killing, don't you? And, like, sure, she was going to get the house. And she was going to get whatever money was left. And, sure, yeah, sure, she could have been swindling him there the whole time along. I tell you what, if I was Edie in a past life and you were my uncle, I would mm. swindle you to the last. Mm. I would take you for everything you were worth. I'd take everything off you. And and you're just, and you, literally before that, you just wondered why I, I said you were a chancer. Isn't that interesting? And now it's that time <laughs> of the week. You know what time of the week it is. Oh, so, so somebody's calling me there. Sorry now, I'll have to call you back, love. Sorry about that. <laughs> Ask Will anything. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi, Will. And a fucking extended intro there. I'm Jesus, so sorry. Like, on. who calls you on FaceTime these days? On, like, oh, I hate FaceTime. Here, um, hi, Will. We had such a wonderful reaction to my call out there for questions that, like, we've got about fifteen, and I'm gonna ask you. Might, I'm gonna ask you all of them because, like, you gotta do some work this week. You've been doing nothing, scratching your balls for a week there. Yeah. Thanks, Thanks to all so our little much. fans from, from the Mysteries of the Unexplained group on Facebook, which you can join if you answer some very hard questions. Um, this one comes in from Jamie Talbot Siegel. What is your signature dance move? Oh, thanks for your question, Jamie. My signature dance move would be probably the Victoria Beckham putting out your finger, like kind of, <laughs> you know, that kind of stand and then putting out your finger. Now, Annie can attest to that. Um, oh not God. so much in later years, but definitely in the earlier years, I would have definitely once a Spiced Girls song came on, the, the hand would have went out, the fingers would have been elongated and it would have been, you know, possibly a hand on the hip sometimes as well. But oh, that would have been oh only on a Saturday night. What you're basically telling Jamie is, is that your dance move is pointing your finger. Yep. Moving on, Annie. Is that okay? My answer is my own answer, Annie. This is my section. Pretty much sums up. Pretty much sums up Victoria Beckham's entire career. Okay, Alison, hey girl, friend of the pod, we love you. Um, if you weren't doing a podcast about the unexplained, what would be your other chosen subject? Oh, thank you very much, Alison, for your question. My other chosen subject is, and I said this to Annie, I'd love to do a podcast where 
we um, got people on that would educate us on topics that we weren't educated on. So experts in their area, whether it be on something mental, astrophysics, something crazy. And then they would enlighten us with interesting topics and we would deliver them to you guys in your ears well i think you might want to you know like put astrophysics at like the end of um, next question my section i don't need your feedback like tying your shoelaces tying your shoelaces philip norris if you if you leave who would be will's official carer (laughs) the money must be good as he will seems like high maintenance philip that is boy thank you you have no idea Ah, you have no idea. My official. Who would look after you? My. Who would look after you? My official care for starters. Thank you, Philip, for your question. Annie does not look after me for starters. <laughs> she <laughs> doesn't mind me whatsoever. <laughs> uh, she actually, in fact, she actually detracts from my life. She actually makes it a little bit worse. So um, anybody would be an improvement. Thank you, Philip, for your for your question. Next question, Annie. What is your favourite mythical folklore creature? Thanks, Sarah Elizabeth D. Wild. Thank you, Sarah Elizabeth D. Wild. My favourite mythical creature would have to be the leprechaun because he's Irish, he's got loads of money, and he's got magic, like the Halliwell sisters. Mm, if only you could find a boyfriend with all those things. Next question. Sean Ellis asks, if you could bring one singer back from death for a private concert, who would it be? Um, thank you very much for your question. That person would be Miss Whitney Houston. Oh. I know. I love Whitney. I'm so sad. It just makes me so sad. I can't even watch the movie. Um, Denise Gallagher, hey girl, and thanks. You're always in touch. If you could choose to be one other nationality, which would you choose and why? Thank you, Denise. Uh, another nationality I would like to be... I think Brazilian because they're always gorgeous, aren't they? They're just so sexy that I can't even look yeah, at them. I are. can't look at them. They are. They're so sexy. So yeah, I think Brazilian. Could you imagine then? I just would be absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> I'd be gorgeous. No, I then. can't imagine that. Mel Howley asks, <laughs> "What's your favorite Disney film and why?" Thank you, thank you for your question. Um, my favorite <laughs> Disney film. Oh God, um, probably one of the classics, like like Snow White or something. Well, maybe this will help because Debbie asked in relation to Mel's question, which Disney princess would you like to be? Snow White, because I have all those seven dwarves. (laughs) And I get the prince at the end. And I get the prince at the end. Well, you might as well get a prince in some reality, somewhere in some paranormal or parallel universe thank you so much for your questions um if you want to ask more questions to an actual interesting answering source you can ask me next week because i'll be back <sighs> for my Jesus round bitch and now boop, 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 boop. oh we are all Wait, breaking Annie, news hold on, breaking just, news breaking news just for one second sorry boop, 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 boop. 
did you hear that? Blowing your own trumpet. <laughs> I actually thought there was something. Fuck off, Will. Boop, 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 boop. We breaking news coming into our news desk. Queensland woman who rode horse to the bottle shop drunk. Put on probation. A Queensland woman who was placed on probation after riding her horse whilst drunk to a drive through bottle sh- shop. What in the world? Charmaine Maguire blew more than four times over the limit when she was refused service at the Logan City Tavern earlier this month. The disability pensioner tried to ride her horse through the drive through bottle shop to buy more wine. Instead, she ended up in police custody. Today, the 51-year-old was sentenced to 18 months probation with a conviction recorded. She says she had no idea she was breaking the law by riding her horse, Skippy. (laughs) (laughs) What the Wild plateau and she's done it many times before. Not only have I ridden my horse through quite a few bottle-o's. Oh no, I can't can't do this Australian accent. Will, can you do the Australian accent? G'day, mate. G'day. Put a shrimp on the ball, eh? <laughs> I've never been refused service on my horse at the pub either. Sorry, no, that's... That's... I'm <laughs> from the UK. I'm so sorry. Yeah, but they kind of have... It's a little bit alike sometimes. Wow, well, that's offensive okay, to both not, nations. <laughs> not well only have I ridden my horse through quite a few bottle O's... I've never been refused service. I've never been refused service on my horse at a pub either. Obviously, this woman just rides the horse everywhere. She goes shopping. She goes to the supermarket on the horse. Uh, Mrs. McGuire is a self-confessed alcoholic who told the court she was regularly attending AA meetings until she was robbed and attacked earlier this year, causing her to relapse, which is very sad. It's a very serious thing for me. It caused me a lot of grief and heartache. I won't be riding my horse to the shop again. I'll be complying with everything that they want me to do. They just want me to get help, which is what I'm already doing. We hope that you and the horse get better very soon. And um, stay safe out there, you guys. This has been Annie for Billy's Bizarre Bollocks. Please join us next week for more unbelievable news stories from around the world. That's it. I have um, an ambulance outside your house to take me in. Because this has been a very slow decline to where we are today. Um, And we uh, people contacted me to be honest with you and they were like entertain her one last time and at the end then just bundle her in and send her off and unfortunately this is Annie's last <laughs> podcast with us guys she's going off to have a bit of her time um, and just you know here at uh, Mysteries of the Unexplained Productions we support the talent so we want Annie to get well soon um, however long, however many years that may take. <laughs> so, Annie, we already pre-backed a suitcase. Uh, you don't have to do it, Nanny. Your knickers and everything is in the suitcase. <laughs> everything you need is in it. So all you need to do <laughs> is laugh your way out the front Can door. <laughs> if you could just... <laughs> do you know what? Like, this is... This is... You... This is... Uh, you don't know how close to the truth that this is. Like, <laughs> like it's oh very God. close. Very close to having a breakdown. 
some people are very close. <laughs> and with that, oh, with God. that, I'm going to get on my horse and go to rehab. And Will will, yeah. be, will will be back with a special guest presenter next week for more. <laughs> Alyssa Milano is going to be here next week to talk about her time. I'm charmed. <laughs> uh, you're laughing. You, you're doing that laugh where it's like the laugh, the laugh can turn into a cry. <laughs> In a couple of seconds. Very yeah. quickly. And nobody knows when it's going to happen. Yeah, I've written it back. <laughs> where you've been hilariously laughing and then it just turns into... <laughs> <laughs> and no one knows what the hell's going on. Um, thank you for joining us for this week's episode. And thank you to Annie for a wonderful episode of Witches and Watches. Which only goes together because it rhymes. <laughs> uh, if you would like more, 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 how do you like me? How do you like me? More, more, more. I don't know if that's the words or not, but anyway, you can get it on Patreon where you can sign up to support the show for $2 a month for just general support, or you can also sign up and and for $5 a month, you can get bonus episodes of Mysteries of the Unexplained exclusive podcast episodes and also you have access to our last podcast called what the fuck is in this book and that is season one two three so there is loads of content for you guys if you would like to support us thank you who wouldn't want more of this bullshit in their ears listen well the horse is outside it's all saddled up my bag is on it i have to go right go on thank you join us next week for more Mysteries of the Unexplained. Goodbye, my darling. Goodbye, darling. Perfect. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.